What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Shooting the Shift podcast. It's me, your boy, Antonio, Jeff, Will, you're here. You know, we're just coming off no more than 15 minutes ago, an emphatic Phillies victory in game one against the Nationals. Let's talk about it because the Phils are back. 22 hits and or maybe 22 runs and 22 runs like a shit ton of hits in their last two games two and a half back at the Mets we're back yeah yeah I mean I I think there could have been a lot more positives out of the weekend series in Pittsburgh um, but we're turning a new page it's another new week for Phillies baseball it seems we're we're taking the season week by week rather than uh, day by day. But, I mean, uh, what what I liked today, what I liked the past couple of days, I mean, we saw Ranger Suarez really – I mean, I think he could have went more than three. Um, yeah, but, but, I mean, Joe, Joe did say before the game he was only going to send Ranger out there for three innings. They, they want to stretch him out a little bit. But yeah. it, it did look very promising out of Ranger Suarez. Yeah, I mean, it was it was something exciting to see because, you know, we're used to the Matt Moore, Vince Velasquez. I don't I don't even know what to describe that one two combo. Uh, and that's just atro- atrocious. That'll be the word I you know, use this week. Atrocious. I, 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 you know, I was I was driving home from the city listening to Phil's game on the radio and I heard them say. And Matt Moore's warming up in the bullpen. Uh-huh. I almost found the closest tree to drive straight into. Well, uh, I think the best news from this week is no more Vinny V in the rotation. He gone. Uh, and I think even better news. Boom and JT are back. They're back. The Phils are back. We're winning the division. JT. Yeah. Yesterday, five hits, four RBIs. Today, go ahead, two RBIs, single. He's back. You know, there was a little bit of time. His pitch, the selection of pitches he was swinging at was a little questionable, but he's back. Okay, and how about JT today charging the little dribbler, throwing over Alvarado, who... (laughs) some reason didn't realize he shouldn't be right where he was and kind of misfires a little bit and then defensive nightmare alec bohm who everyone's been saying belongs at first base unleashes his inner first base and makes an unreal pick yeah to save possibly the game jt even said that could have been game right there because who knows how many runs they score there Definitely the one if it gets by Bohm. Probably at least one other just on that play. Yeah. Yeah. First base, Alec Bohm. Bills are back. Yeah. (laughs) Works for me. So, but I I, I think also one real, real quick thing before we move on the two out scoring the past couple of days has been really big for the Phillies. Um, JT, Gene, Didi. Uh, they, they've all been playing really well, and especially with with uh, two outs, runners on, they, they've been scoring something. They've it's been about time with. because the Phillies, with all when week, we went to the game, year. Will, when we went to the game, 
at the beginning of the week on Tuesday, Jeff, Will, and I, I said the Phillies are the kings at being up oh, two outs. Let's just let them start a rally. And we're finally getting runs with two outs. I love it. You know, they're four for 12 with runners in scoring position today. They did well with running a score, runners in scoring position yesterday. Are the Phils warming up at just the right time? Well, one and they've the- been comeback kings too since our last podcast win yeah. or podcast. Uh, there was tonight's win, there was the Brad McCutcheon walk off and the Brad Miller walk off. Yeah. Yeah. Which the Brad Miller walk off was one of the most unreal things yeah. I've seen. So here's how my day went that day. Just a little fun story from you. Oh, I was in PT, so I had to miss the start of that game. I get in my car. And here, oh boy, which one, which one of the two problem childs was it that time? Was it more? Vince. More or Velasquez? I think it was Vince. They're basically the same. No, yeah, it was Vince because we we got to see the other problem child live, Matt Moore. Yes, we got to see him live. Six runs. Yes, so just remember that that was a good talk. So I get out of I get out of PT off of fresh off watching that that pitching gem between Scherzer and Wheeler first to find out we're already down what four in the first and you know I I get a call from one of my brothers and decided it was a fun day to lock his keys in the car <laughs> and had had to go meet with him so there's us uh, fittingly his car was parked outside a I don't know outside a liquor store so him and I get some lunch some nice salad works and we're sitting listening to this seemingly albatross game, eating salad works in the front seat of my car outside the liquor store, just watching watching people go in and out. Looks like we're casing the place, and we're just waiting for this dude. We you start to hear him call back, but it's like the whole time I'm like, we probably don't win this game. Why do I listen? Why do I listen to stuff like this and just let myself feel pain? I get back and start watching it on my TV. First off, we waited an hour or two in that car. So it was a long time just listening to Fransky in LA talking yeah, about Jeff, this brutal Jeff, game. Important question. What kind of salad did you get? Ooh, a, um, I actually went different this time. Oh. But not that different. <laughs> I normally, you know, would go Thai chicken. I got instead crispy Asian chicken. Okay. So okay. we really changed it up. We really changed it up. You, you did. It's the equivalent of me going mixing in a Coors Light with my Bud Lights. <laughs> yeah. Sounds sounds about right. All right. So yeah, I get back, watch it on TV, and everything just starts going crazy. I I'm calling my brother like, no way, we won this game. We actually won this game. We were down so much. The offense just has been picking it up now when they've had to. And that's what I thought has been big. When it's come down to the nitty gritty, yeah. they've showed up. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing, I don't know if you guys were, um, it was JT last night, but they showed it in the pregame show today. Um, the team had a team meeting before the Pirates game yesterday. And their whole mentality was have fun. That, that's the mentality they went hey, to. That's the same mentality my T-ball team had. Let's have fun, baby. Exactly. 
But think about that. Then they proceeded to go on and score 15 runs off the Pirates. After they That's said, what you, you should do what? to the Pirates. That's what, what you should do. Well, they didn't, they didn't seem to know that in game one and two. Uh, I think, honestly, my, my, what I figure happened game one was, what was Vince? Vince came out and laid a clunker right away. Exactly. And I think everyone was like, what? you know what, whatever. We got new starters coming in. Uh, we got Nola tomorrow. We'll win tomorrow. I don't care at this point, whatever. So I think the energy was lacking, and I think that's why you saw Bryce Harper misplay yeah, some balls Jeff, pretty I, terribly, I, pretty terribly. I think, I think you did. You made an interesting point when we were talking about it, and you said, like, these games where the guys, the starter just goes in and gets absolutely shelled, the energy drops off dramatically, and, and there's no desire there. It's when the game is close and the offense has a chance to pick it up. Like you come out of the first inning, you're down four nothing. The offense is like, ah, oh, well, we're we're done with this. And, and and there's a mental drop off. But when you keep it when you keep it close, and the Phillies' offense can get going, then it's a different story. And yeah, the, and then I think they relied on Noah too much the the second night. I think know. then they kind of slept walk because they were like, all right, well now against the Pirates with Aaron Noah. There's no way on God's green earth that we drop this game. And when you get that attitude, you do. Yeah. And I will say Nola did look very good. He was solid. He was very solid. Yeah. And I mean, his last couple of starts, and I, he, he said it in a post-game interview, he said he's felt very different on the mound. He's felt like his old self again, which would Yeah, be he absolutely- said he changed something, didn't he? Yeah. Didn't he change I, I, a little something in his delivery, I think he said? Yeah. And he said it's got him back to feeling like himself. And that would be absolutely massive for the Phillies having the old Nola. You know, he had the second ace start to the season. So that way he doesn't have his famous September. But a second know, ace behind Cy Young, Zach Wheeler. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I mean, now that DeGrom shut down until September, I mean, it's, it's got to be Zach, Zach Wheeler's a, Zach Wheeler or either Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff. Those are the top three, in my opinion, now. Woodruff just got shelled the other day. Woodruff got shelled, so then it's probably Burns or Wheeler, and it all comes down to And if Wheeler is leading in strikeouts and innings, if we can just – if we win this division on his back, because we're only in it, like, I would say he's the biggest reason. We've been – once every five days, we've just climbed on his back and gone as far as he'll take us. I mean, Girardi's let him throw, what, 120, 130 yeah, almost the, pitches some the days? Entire, the entire city of Philadelphia gets a piggyback ride from Zach Wheeler every fifth day. That's great. It sure feels like it. It sure feels like it. But then that right, brings guys, us to on. game three, though. We've talked a little about the offense. There's not enough good you could say about the offense, obviously. Everyone was clicking. But how about – I mean, we're going to need innings from other guys. How about the new guy? I, You know what? I, I was I think I sent – I sent you guys a text after the first inning. I was like, it was eight just, pitches. Yeah. Yeah, and then the this second – legal? The Wait, second this inning, it was just – Second inning, you did it again. Jeff sent me several just hard eye emojis because he was – so 
Kyle Gibson comes over at the trade deadline. Um, we'll talk about the full trade later on, but he was absolutely massive for the Phillies yesterday. Yeah. You know, he was an all-star with the Rangers. He had a couple rocky starts in the month of July, uh, but he really looked like he was six and two thirds. I think five K's. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the K's weren't he really runs. much. It was the, the soft contact that he like early soft contact too. That's why I think he got through the first two innings at like, like less than 20 pitches for sure. I think it was about like 16 to 18. Yeah. And you figure that's like nearly a half of Velasquez's first inning. Exactly. Yeah. I, I on think Friday. Second, like I think your second text, Jeff, that y'all didn't seem to mention your first text was Kyle Gibson. First inning, eight pitches. Your second text was Vince Velasquez would have already thrown 30. Yeah. No, he did. He did on Friday. Like, I will absolutely take that. That is what we need. We need, like, that's kind of a, um, a, that's just quality start. That's what we're going to need every, yeah. every fifth day. Yeah. We have hopefully two guys that we can ride for seven, eight, maybe even nine, and especially Wheeler's case. Right. But we're going to need guys who can go six. And it looks like maybe Ranger could be stretched out to that. Right. Certainly looked good tonight. It's Ranger, a weakened was, Washington team, though. Yeah, but he was still he, no hits through three innings. Uh, I think he only threw 33 pitches, too. He did. He did. Because Ranger is another one of those guys that just attacks the strike zone, and I love that about him. Yeah. You know, I went into tonight's game a little nervous about the, the hurricane and jerking him around, but, you know, he was the starting pitcher before this season and i think like you said you take a couple starts stretch him out and let him go um he I, might not need to be a full-time starter but we'll have to wait and see you know Maybe. when the phillies when they get when zach eflin comes back and exactly. when we get yep. uh cole hamels oh uh, there you go there's your fifth that'll start. be yeah we gotta hamels will be here in 30 to 40 days so we're fine with that it's only six to eight Rangers Suarez starts. <laughs> I, I think I, I, I'm going to trust Ranger over the other guys. Exactly. Yeah, I'm all in. I'm all in. Um, I, I loved it. Antonio, I think I mean, one thing that you were going to say before I cut you off. Um, so rude. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I know. Um, you were you were nervous about today. I was more nervous about after Ranger Suarez. Yeah, no, that's what and, and, the, and shut it. Ranger starting made me nervous. But then I was like, what the hell are we going to do after that? And Hector Neris. Someone slammed it. Fourth and fifth. Hector Neris was really good. Alvarado didn't have his stuff, but the team picked him up. And our new closer, Ian Kennedy. I mean, two days. TBD. TBD. Yeah. Yeah. TBD. Two days, two, two home run, two run home runs. But he then proceeds to slam the door on Washington. Right. Um, I, I think he'll, he just needs to get himself ramped back up again. Yep. Uh, See, I think with the bigger leads, he was kind of like his fastball's not overpowering or anything. Right. So no. I think he's, when he has the bigger leads, he's just trying to just throw fastballs, try and induce contact early and just get him out of there early. Cause you did see the first two batters, which who both scored, um, you saw a lot more fastballs. And then after that, you saw the breaking balls mixed in and right. he had no trouble. It was one, two, three from that point. 
Yeah, I like that. And they were way off the fastball, too. They got fooled by a fastball that was at Alec Bohm's head. Right. Like, you want to talk about how high that thing was, it would have been at Alec Bohm's head. All six, five of them. Yeah. So I I think maybe he should probably, I'm hoping, be better in in those close games where he's going full attack mode rather than mop up. Yeah, where we really need him. Yeah, I liked I liked the movement of the off speed tonight. Uh, I thought he was he was fooling Nationals hitter, and then he was able to get those fastballs up, and they were just swinging for the fences at those. I mean, obviously Keyboom yeah. took him for a ride, but besides that, I think um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, it, you know, it I got a win. quick little cross sport comp for you with Zach Wheeler this year for us. Here's my cross-sport comp. Oh, boy. Okay. Luka Doncic of Team Slovenia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Luka Doncic tonight to beat Germany puts up 20 points, 8 rebounds, and 11 assists. Yeah, Slovenia should never be beating anybody. No, but Luka's... Uh... Except now that they have Luka. Exactly. exactly. That is my player comp for, for yeah. the Zach Wheeler. Put the team on your back. Yeah. That's a fair I'll one. Take it. I'll take it's a very it. good one. You know, the, the Phillies have some really important series coming up. Um, you know, we're in the, in a stretch where they play 20 games in a row. You got the Nationals. We have the Mets coming on the weekend. Uh, yeah, exactly. That Mets series uh, is so huge. Yes. Jeff and I will be in attendance. Oh, there you go. I think. Right, Jeff? We're going to go. That's the, the current thought, current plan. And okay. from what I'm looking at right now, that weekend should be Gibson, Ranger. Oh, Wheeler. And then Wheeler, yes. Oh. Yes, we're going to get Wheeler oh, on Sunday at 105. Wheeler. That one is Wheeler versus Walker. Oh, Taiwan did not have a good start last time. This is next next week. That next start is the Telltale Ranger start. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He gives me a good five innings at least. Five, maybe even he stretches six against yeah. the Mets. Puts us in a position to take that game. Absolutely in. All yeah. Absolutely in. All right. Let, let's pivot away from the Phillies. As of recording this, it's August 2nd. Trade deadline was a couple days ago, July 31st. And it was a trade deadline like for no other the ages. Like no other. We'll end with the Phillies trade, but let's start with the core of the 2016 Chicago Cubs World Series team is all gone. There, there's nobody left on that team. Kyle Schwarber left in free agency, went to the Nationals, was traded from the Nationals to the Red Sox. I think it's a great move by the Red Sox. I do as well. Yeah. Chris Bryant. Get him now. Chris Bryant goes to the San Francisco Giants on a half-season rental. Well, I, I, I think – sorry, before we continue on with the rest of the Cubs. I think Chris Bryant was a steal for the Giants. They did not give up a top – like a huge top prospect like the rest they of the did eat his contract, but right, they did give up. They didn't have to give up. I thought Joey Bart was going to be uh, somebody, somebody with at least some talent. I mean, obviously the prospects that they got are prospects, but I, I would have figured with the rest of how the rest of the trade deadline went, 
there would have been some top prospects in that trade. Uh, so Chris Bryant to the Cubs promptly homers in his debut. Anthony Rizzo gets traded to the New York Yankees. Yeah. Promptly homers in his debut. This is also true. There's, there's a third piece that I spoke. Uh, uh, nope. Nobody else. Yep. That third absolute Bro. gut punch because he was, I think, no, all no, of our. No, 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 we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. Yes, we are. We're going to have to because I think from that 2016 team, he was all of our favorite Cub. Yeah. Javi Baez. Pains me to say this. Yeah. Now, now a Met. Hey, but there was a good thing that the Mets and a little didn't do this, hurt. Year, this week. There were some happy. Oh, we'll get to that one. We will get to that one. There was Believe me. <laughs> Believe me. We will get to that one. But Javi Baez. I got some is, stuff to say. Javi Baez is a Met and promptly homered in his debut as well. He did. At a pretty decent cost, though, for the Mets. But they got it a was. pitcher who will be BP as well. Trevor, what is it, Trevor Williams? Yep. Yes. And then. New York Will, thought they were getting Trevor Lawrence. No. <laughs> Will, as you alluded to, Craig Kimbrell stays in Chicago just for the White Sox, who now have the most talented bullpen in, major, in the major yeah. leagues. Yeah. That's almost unfair. I, I didn't. Rob Manfred is too stupid to step in and go, uh-uh. You oh, guys can't have Craig Kimbrell and Liam Hendricks in the same bullpen. All right. You want Kimbrell, you got to send Hendricks to Philly. I think that would have been a good move. Uh, Imagine uh, this. We've been spending the, the last two years letting everybody and their freaking mother close. Yeah. And Tony Orusa out there historically doesn't make good decisions. You know, has a couple drinks, can't walk straight. He thinks he's going to drive. It doesn't make great decisions. <laughs> Things saying I'm a Hall of Fame oh. baseball guy, brother, should get him out of the DUI. Not great Do decisions. It. Just doesn't happen. But now, every night, he gets to, oh, save situation. I have my all-star closer, big ticket free agent, Liam Hendricks. Oh, Hendricks closed last night? What am oh, I going to have- do? Hall of Famer, Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> My other big ticket Hall of Fame all-star closer. What the hell? It's not fair. But they, maybe a, a top five closer all time already in his career. Probably. Like, maybe I like. I'd have to look at it, but I, that feels right to me. Probably. They did give up like, Shea though. No. No, they didn't. That was our Madrigal. speculation. They gave up Madrigal. Oh. But here's the thing, okay. Madrigal. I, I believe he's out Shea. for the year. Probably. Madrigal's out for the year. I think. I was the one, Will, who was speculating. I thought it was Crochet. I had heard potential that it could be Madrigal, but it was, or that it w- could be Crochet. It was Madrigal. Well, they still have a hell of a bullpen now, even with Crochet. Because good Lord, yeah. people are trying to strike out against him. So the the core of the Cubs are gone. They're, yeah. they're, they're a shell of a team. Right. The Yankees, who are currently not in a wild card spot, Made and uh, the well, biggest splash in at the trade deadline, Rizzo and Joey Gallo, who flashed some weather tonight. Did flash some weather, if we saw, honest, oh, Joey Mikey Gallo. Franco. 
I did see that that Mikey Frank. Let's be honest, Joey Gallo, career two ten hitter, a lot of strikeouts, but the short porch will definitely help him out on that. Uh, Ashes those... baseballs and plays stellar defense. Yeah, he's and gets on base team... a lot too. He's under team control till next uh, for next season. So uh, the Yankees gave up quite a hefty sum for Joey Gallo. I think yes, it was five prospects. They did. Yeah. It ended up being none of the top ones, but nope. uh, five prospects nonetheless. So now the Yankees have an outfield of uh, strikeout kings, Joey Gallo, and injury prone. Giancarlo people. Stanton and Aaron Judge. They're either going to hit a home run or they're going to strike out. There's nothing else that's going to happen. In or they're going to be in the IL. But also, their lineup was so righty heavy. So what do they do? They just go add two massive left-handed bats. Yeah. Yep. I think Rizzo was a good was a good piece to pick up for them. Gallo, I mean, yeah, the short portion. No, I love them both. I love them yeah, both. Yeah, both yeah. of them are such good players. Gallo's I would, oh, not disagreeing so with that. would have taken Gallo. But, you know, I think the Yankees are going to have a real decision on their hand. Do they want to re-sign Anthony Rizzo or do they let him go? And if they resign, I think that's Anthony, part they, of why they have Gallo. You said the team control, so it's fine. But they still get one left-handed bat. If you re-signed Rizzo, what does what happens to Luke Voigt? He probably gets traded at that point. I'm shocked he didn't get traded. So am I. Speaking but... of didn't get traded, did anybody see the reported deal <laughs> from no the reported uh offer on the table with the Tampa Bay Rays and the Cubs. Oh, I, I heard about it, where, I, I but I, I didn't the headline and didn't close yeah. the article. Sim, yeah, similar to the to what the, the Cubs wound up getting for Kimbrell, a good young player who's just hurt for this year. But it would have been Kimbrell and Bryant to the Rays for Tyler Glass now. Who's more than just a good young player? He is yeah, but a star young player, Tyler but Glass, with Tyler Glass with now Tommy John. Throw, Tommy Tyler Glass now might not throw a pitch until twenty twenty three. Yeah, and I'm sure that's what they eventually decided. I mean, it's better chance that Madrigal's just going to be fine. He's just not a serious injury, just out long term. Um, and then they got to pick up other pieces for. For Bryant, but how wild would that have been if we saw Tyler Glass now on the move? That would have been at the deadline. That deal would could that have been bigger than Scherzer? The the next deal to touch on Scherzer Turner. This Scherzer Turner is easily the biggest deal that has happened in the last decade and a half of baseball. Right. If Bryant and Kimbrell. Got traded to the Rays for Tyler Glass now. I think it's the. It could have rivaled it. Yeah, but I still think Scherzer Turner is bigger. It's Max. No man, Glass now was going for a Cy Young this year before he yeah. got hurt. He was on his way to one. It's a top five shortstop, and one of the top five pitchers of the last decade going to team up with. Probably the best pitcher of the last decade, right. and Walker Bueller, and right. Mookie Betts, and right. Cody Bellinger, and Justin Turner, right. and Corey Seager. And okay, so you're so you were saying that the and the California Penal. I will give you. 
<laughs> so you're thinking that the White Sox have the most that Rob Manfred let the White Sox be the team that they are, but the Dodgers, who are now beyond stacked, are are not a super team. It's like the I like, will give you everybody just keep. I will give you Antonio. LA. The fact that they went to the Dodgers like does make it bigger from a pure talent standpoint though like exchanging hands i think the potential of the prospects though that were it that went in the deal to washington oh does not over like does not exceed what you know tyler glass now is because at that trade you would have been talking about a hall of fame closer a former mvp in return for a guy who was on track pushing for the cy young this year yeah But the deal ultimately still was big in return. It was Josiah Gray, who we saw tonight, and looked pretty solid. They didn't really seem to let him go too long. I thought they maybe pulled him early, but I guess they're not in contention, so don't ruin them now. You don't need them now. They need them later. And for one of our favorite prospects, I would say, is a group. Kybert, yeah. Yeah. A guy we touched on in the offseason, like, could he possibly be available? Like, obviously, now we – no Don't chance we could have got him, but no chance we even could have got him if we're seeing what the cost was of him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll give you Aaron Nola and Gene Segura. <laughs> yeah, that, they would have laughed in our faces if we countered with that. Um, yeah, but Kyber Ruiz is now a national. The switch hitting the national catcher. Prospect. I did. Well, it cost. They, they what did it cost? Everything. The entire team. Juan Soto's walking around. Who are these people? Exactly. (laughs) It's like the eyes under Patrick's rock. That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Juan Soto's all that's left. So before we talk about the Phillies trade, um, some other deals that happened of consequence. Jose Barrios is a a massive uh, deal. Massive deal. Massive deal. For a former contender for the number one pick just last year, yeah, wound up going um, five. Austin Martin, yeah, that was and a that top was, pitching prospect. Yeah, Simeon Woods Richardson, I think, right? Yes, yes. Simeon Woods Richardson, and uh, I saw Austin Martin in that trade. I was wow, there was no chance the Phillies were ever getting. <laughs> like, no, um, no, not a shot in the world. We had nothing to possibly entice them once Austin Martin was available. Nothing. Uh, you mean they wouldn't want Scott Gingery? Oh. Briefly. Scott, uh, Scott Gingery plays a few more positions than Austin Martin. Yeah, but not well. Austin Martin only plays two. What? <laughs> Scott Kingery plays multiple field positions and the bench. But uh, let's talk about, before we get into the Phillies, the, the Phillies trades, let's talk about some guys that weren't traded. Uh, and we'll start with Jose Barrios' uh, teammate, Byron Buxton, who there was talk sure the Phillies were in on Buxton, but uh, no trade happened there. But you know, you know Mick Abel was the centerpiece of that trade. And I don't Phillies. think so. You don't think so? We want a hot take. We want something spicy. Go ahead. Let's serve it up for the people. Oh, boy. Here it comes. This winter meetings. Oh, boy. Byron Buxton. Uh 
will be sent to be the next center fielder of the Philadelphia Phillies. Mark, it's August August 2nd at 11.09 p.m. (laughs) Jeff is predicting at the winter meetings. Byron Buxton will be in a Phillies uniform. Dombrowski always gets his guy. He's Dombrowski. That's what he does. So He'll ruin your team in the future, but he's going to get his guy. Uh, and then the two other big names that weren't – or three other big names that weren't moved all reside in Colorado, and you have Trevor Story, John Gray, and Herman Marquez, who were just not moved. Trevor Story was probably the biggest surprise for not being moved, but the, the two pitchers not moved, Trevor Story not moved. Um, don't know why. Was but, Michael Givens the only person that the yes. the Rockies traded? Yes. I, I think there was some some tension. I don't know if you all saw this after the trade deadline. Story was not pleased to uh, to not still be, be in Colorado. I wouldn't yeah. be either. No, but, he's still got a rot out there now for half a season. Yeah, that's he's got to stay there and rot. <laughs> I would like not even show up to the games. They must have the ultimate faith in their drafting because the reason they didn't trade these guys who at least Story is will definitely be leaving Colorado he'll be signed away is they're going to offer story and John Gray, both the qualifying offer, which will probably be 18, 19 million, something around there for one year, which will mean that if somebody else signs them, the Rockies will be rewarded with a compensation pick after round one. So between rounds one and two. Um, And apparently they thought that that value is better than what they're what they could get back in a trade. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But that's just, uh, uh, at the very least, you're getting like multiple. A trade we forgot about. Billy Bean's an idiot. I don't know. He only <laughs> yes. has Brad Pitt in the movie, but that trade. For... Oh, must credit um, me. Must credit me. I tweeted yeah, that, that first. Was, that was good. That was good. <laughs> That trade with the Marlins was terrible. Hey, let me just give up my top pitching prospect for Starling Marte. You know, it's all right. Uh, but I could a do nice a whole podcast. Half a season of Starling Marte. I could your... do a whole podcast about my about Billy Bean. Um, let's talk about the Phillies trade. Obviously, the big one of the deadline was uh, minor leaguer that we got from Pittsburgh. Yes, that is the correct answer. Screw you, Will. Was the I, trade with the Rangers. We get Kyle Gibson. We get Ian Kennedy. We get $4 million in cash. And we get the future closer of the Philadelphia Phillies, Hans Kraus. For Spencer Howard. See you later, Spence. Good riddance. Thank God we got something for him while we can. Um, I have... I'm someone fill the space while I get onto my Twitter real quick. Um, Here we go. In the alley baseball. Uh The in the alley baseball podcast is now the shooting the shift podcast sworn enemy sworn enemy. He was had Spencer's uh, schlong lodged so far down his throat. It was a miracle. He was able to type on Tinder and what or Twitter. And when on Twitter and when I made too good of a point, 
He had to resort to asking me when my next start for the Lakewood Blue Claws is. So in the Alley Baseball Podcast, you are the official sworn enemy of our podcast. Uh, you're terrible at baseball takes. Spencer Howard needed to go. He was never going to be the guy we needed him to be. Thank God we got something for him. If this dude can't get his heart rate down in Philadelphia after running to first base, 45 feet from that mound, running to cover the mound from 45 feet. Run. He didn't have to run back either. <laughs> what? How's he going to do that in Texas heat? How's he going to do that in Texas heat? He He's not. Do that. He doesn't have to. There's a D. No, he, it was, it was covering was first base. Oh, covering oh. 45 feet, not even. Th- yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. We'll have to wait and see. See, I was upset for a second. Like, man, it feels like we did what the Marlins did. Traded our top prospect for not really a top players. Like, Gibson's going to be a nice piece for us. I still think Kennedy will be solid. Yeah, Gibson, I still – I think he's the, the prize of that yeah. trade. Yeah, um, yeah but then, then Jeff Passon drops and we got Hans Kraus. I was like, yeah, I'm in. I like it. Dude oh, my like God. Dude. Hans Kraus. Hans Kraus looks like a bona fide psycho. Yes. He's listed as a starting pitching prospect. But and they said he's got like a a whole bag of deliveries. The he's got one that's oh a uh, little bit see, of Johnny Cueto in it. Did you see them, Jeff? I saw a few, but they, I, they were quite more than likely this guy becomes a reliever from uh, everything yeah. it sounds like. Yeah, it's fine by me. But I mean, it sounds to me like if he's reliever, you're talking the ninth. Like right. that's his inning, the ninth. And I don't like Spencer Howard to me looks like he's more than likely a reliever because he he gets a little, he gets tight die after three innings. He he sees the third inning. He gets Um, way too tired. I'm sorry, Spencer. I'm sorry. You're a professional athlete that's 25 years old and can't throw 30 pitches, but we're talking. That's the other thing. We're talking Jonathan Papelbon level psycho, and I'm all for it. It was a good trade to make. I was I let Negadelphia get the best of me. I wasn't on board, but especially after watching Kyle Gibson yesterday, I was very. I'm in. I'm all in. Kraus is our number four prospect already. Number four already. Yeah. Well, that says a lot about like that's a. Yeah, but he was still top ten in a good Rangers system. Oh, I don't. So he's a solid prospect, but they probably just felt. Look, this is a guy who's not going to be a starting pitching prospect for for us, really. We're going to have to move him to reliever. And you know what? We got our closer for this year in the deal with Kennedy. And maybe we got our closer for multiple years after with Hans Kraus. If you haven't seen him, look him up. He's got the mustache. He's got the neck tattoo. Yes, he does. He's got the crazy deliveries. Like, yeah, sign me up for that. Sign me up for more of that. And we have Gibson for next year. Yes. I think. And, and on a buzzer beater deal, the Phillies bring home Mark King for the Gelbies. So, see, I want to summarize now what I think, how I ob- objectively look at this trade deadline. Go for it. Is our rotation better? Yes. Is our bullpen better? Yes. Yes. Once Freddie Galvis can play and can come in, probably and most likely will be a 
defensive replacement late innings, is our defense better? Yeah. With Freddie Galvis instead of Alec Bohm or Didi Gregorius in the field at the end of games, I say yes to that too. But and both, have look, both have looked a lot better this, this past week. Yeah, but you still know Galvis is the better defender. Oh, absolutely. But does, um, he, go, does he go above Ronnie, though? In terms of defense, yes. Oh, that's a hot. And then also, right. I, that is not hot. That is not hot at all. But then the, the crazy fire. thing is also when you think about the – I'm just saying defense. Defensively, Galvis is yeah. better. Okay. Um, and then you look to, like Spencer Howard, not a prospect anymore. So, our farm system got better. It did. It did. And which, to me, which is all that matters. I think. I think more than likely at this point, I don't see how Spencer Howard figures it out. He's twenty five. Right. He's twenty five, and it's not even like guys just like are starting to figure him out. Like that happens too. Second time through the order, they figure him out. But he loses command. He loses velocity. And I listened to his press conference, just a quick snippet of it. And everything he said was just excuses. He was like, oh, F1 went down, so they had to bring me back up. I don't know if that was planned. I was supposed to be building up. Like, uh, uh, come on, guy. Like, everything he was saying was just excuse after excuse after excuse. Like, the fact that you're not – able to throw it all and you're getting winded like that's not on the organization like the organization shouldn't have to tell you to go hit the treadmill in the off season go hit the bike or if you're feeling real lazy hit the elliptical i'm cool with that you barely gotta work on that thing that's to me spencer howard does not elliptical by the way he doesn't have a winner's mindset. I love the elliptical. Okay. I'm just saying. All right. <laughs> That's OJ impression right. there. I'm just saying. All right. So, last episode, we short-sightedly forgot to talk about the draft. So, we'll do just the real quick. Love the Phillies draft. Andrew Painter was a great pick. We signed all 10 of our top 10 draft picks. Mm, um, someone in the NL Everybody signed their top picks, right? The Phillies have been drafting better. We signed all our top picks. But our fraudulent friend, Mr. Stevie Cohen. Objectively fraudulent. Just that's not our opinions. Objectively paid the highest SEC violation in the history of the world ever. Uh, Continue. they, They did not sign their top pick. What? Oh, but he probably wasn't that good. He's probably not one of the greatest college pitchers we've ever seen and has been no, heading the best team in college baseball for the last three years. Probably not that guy, right? It's just a Kumar rocker that they did. Oh, it is that guy. So it is that because, guy. Because, and Stevie Cohen tweeted, education time, baseball draft picks are worth up to five times their slot value to clubs. I never shy away from investments that can make me that type of return. I said, translation, Kumar Rocker wouldn't recoup me the largest recorded fine in SEC history, which I paid so we didn't sign him. Great tweet. Objectively great tweet. Got no likes. Didn't get a single oh. like. It's I, know, I, know, really. I know a tweet did get a lot of likes this week from you. 
Oh, I, when I dunked on Jim Salisbury, we'll get to that, Will. But the Mets is the Mets. You know, little punch in the dick when they signed Kumar Rocker. I ever vindicated. The Mets didn't sign Kumar Rocker. They, oh, gonna- I was sick. I was sick when they drafted him. Sick. I've been talking about Kumar for three years. This last, the shortened season, I was like, who cares? Punt it. Lost season. Kumar. Yep. Let's just, every game we lost, one game closer to Kumar. Whatever. Make the playoffs or be bad enough to get Kumar. And we were just not bad enough. We weren't bad enough. Weren't good enough to make the playoffs. Weren't bad enough for Kumar. And felt so sick when he went to the New York Mets. I was like, he's going to kill us for years. He's going to dominate us for years. Like, he dominated everybody in college. Except for the one time I bet on him and lost $100. But everybody else. And they didn't sign that guy. Because their doctors claimed that there was something wrong with his elbow. Every other doctor in the world said, he's okay. Some guy on Twitter told me that, that Scott Boris pays the doctors to say what he wants uh last i checked doctors have to say how it is doctors don't just make stuff up that's how they you know lose their their license their license buddy yeah there there are rules there are rules but they didn't want to pay the six mil they didn't want to go way over slot value and pay the six million they drafted potentially the best pitcher in the draft yeah you might be able to make the argument that Jack White. Uh, I think I think Kumar. Still. You pick Kumar Rocker. You have to sign him, right? Especially at ten. You you go over Let's, slot. That guy falls there. You go over slot to take him. Yes. And Plus, now the they're going to get the eleven. Like, what's their best case scenario next year? At a, at not the eleven. Kumar pick. Rocker. Well, it's somebody of his talent. The best case scenario is someone of his talent level falls to 11 that is the best case scenario for that pick it is just mind-boggling to me that you wouldn't sign him for that six million and the other interesting thing for people who don't know is that six million dollars the money that they had slotted for him the money that that where where that would have came from is their draft pool which is a set amount that and they can only use that money for the draft well, I think that money was set aside for their first round pick, and they just th- didn't use it. What didn't they over? Supposed to be the richest owner. What didn't they over slot their later round picks? Wasn't that the whole? I don't. Reason? I think well, they, they know if, if they well, did. They did it because they had an extra six million dollars to play around with. Well, well because yeah. Stevie Cohen and the Mets are a bunch of incompetent, that wasn't their plan. Yeah, are a bunch of incompetent fools who had potentially the best player in the draft, fall their laps of 10, draft him, and then couldn't sign him. You know what? I'm happy for Kumar. He didn't want to go play in that shithole of a stadium for that shithole franchise for that fraudulent, terrible owner who's a criminal and needs to be in jail. Good for him. He has morals. I might have to tell Grammy not to listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. You've been getting the potty mouth. I'm fired up because 
No. You know what, Graham? This is great. Kumar, you would have hated watching Kumar Rocker just dominate our Phillies. And now he's not going to do that with the Mets. Not going to do it with the Mets. Nope. The Mets will always met. And you know what? It's a great day to be a Phillies fan. All things are coming up, Phillies. We're two and a half games back. The Mets didn't get Kumar Rocker. The Phillies are so back. We are winning this division. Gentlemen, anything you want to anything you want to talk about before we end this episode? Feels like. Oh, seven, baby. That's right. It feels like go seven, Will. Ready to roll, ready to roll, ready to roll. Go, Phils. We will see you in the next episode of the Shooting the Shift podcast. Gam, I'm sorry for the potty mouth. Adels, Kamar. Thank you.